Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Go to Genesis chapter 2, and let me give you some context about why we're going to talk about this and and what my thoughts are leading up to it. Um, One of of the side effects, one of the things that we saw come out of the pandemic the last couple years is kind of this buffet style of church life and church community and church attendance. Um, And I know and I believe there is a higher and better way. I believe God designed church community to look like something different than a smorgasbord. I was reading on buffets just because I was curious about them. I was like, I wonder when the first buffet showed up. Which is a fair thought, right? Like, um, during, actually, in Chilliwack, there is this, it's been um, a buffet restaurant for as long as I can remember. Um, who all lives in Chilliwack here? You know what I'm talking about. It used to be Bonanza. It's over by the mall. And it was Bonanza. Bonanza. What a great name for a restaurant. Bonanza! Let's go to Bonanza! It was Bonanza. And then I think it was closed down for a while. And then some Asian company bought it. What's it called now? (laughs) Mandarin! That's the Mandarin. Everybody knows. The Mandarin. And for... I feel like there was something in there for a while before the Mandarin, wasn't there? And it was kind of sketchy. It wasn't quite like you went there and you're like, I don't know if I should be eating this, but it's cheap and I can eat as much as I want, so I'm going to go here anyways. And so I was reading about buffets, and of course the first buffet started in 1946 by a guy named Herb McDonald in all places, Las Vegas. Of course, where else is it going to be Las Vegas? And here is the slogan. For, for $1 in 1946, this was his advertising slogan. Are you ready for this? Every possible variety of hot and cold entrees to appease the howling coyote in your innards. Mm, makes you hungry. Makes you want to go there. I don't feel like 70 years later that slogan would really stand up in today's marketing world, would it? The howling coyote in your innards. Come eat here. But the thing about about buffets is this. I was thinking about it. Buffets are low cost and high benefit. It's a low level of commitment required to go to a buffet, isn't it? You don't have to sit down. First of all, you don't have to say, well, what do you want, Jacob? David, what do you want? Uh, What do you want to eat, Ella? And then we all have to sit around, figure out where we want to go, something that has something for all of us. And then we go there, you sit down, and you have the menu. Then you have to figure out from the menu what you want to eat. And if it's not your favorite restaurant, you're just like, well, can I get this? But can I change this? It's a lot of work sometimes. But if you go to a buffet, there's no, it's a very low level of requirement, isn't it? You walk in, you grab your tray. Listen, so... Some of you probably know this. My family's from the South. I grew up in the South. I have family in the South. And when we go to the South, we go to what's called the cafeteria. 
Who knows what a cafeteria in the South is? Oh, there's this one. It's, I think it's gone now. It used to be called Luby's, L-U-B-Y-S, amazing. And you grab this tray, just like a buffet up here, and you just walk up to the food trough line, and you just start making your way down. No, 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 yes, obviously yes. More yes, please fill up my plate, and then put some gravy on it and keep going. It's a low level of requirement. You just walk through, look at things, and point at them. And the last thing you, th- you see about a buffet is that most times every natural need, every hunger you have is satisfied at a buffet. Don't they almost always have everything that you could possibly want at a buffet and more? You're like, I don't feel like I want this or need this, but I'm going to eat it anyways because it's here and I paid my $7.99. So I'm going to get every penny worth out of this eight whopping dollars I paid. But I'm thinking about this because... I feel like during the last two years, during this global pandemic, when we all got locked at home, especially in Canada, when we were stuck at home way longer than everybody else, and you're watching the world pass you by, and we couldn't gather for a long time, what you begin to see happen is you begin to see this buffet mentality creep up inside Christian believers, people who are followers of Jesus. They begin to go here and there and everywhere, and I'll take a little bit of this, and I'll take a little bit of this over here, and I'll go visit this over here, and I'll go spend some time over here while it's good, and they're doing a sermon series over here that I want to hear, so I'm going to go listen to this sermon series, but then I'm going to come back over here, and then I'm going to go do this. Do you know what I'm talking about? And hey, listen, that's great, and I believe that there are people that are speaking today and have spoke in the past, and we need to hear what they're saying. What I'm saying is, is I believe, and we're going to look at this in the Word of God, that there is a higher way that God has called us to, where God is a gardener and he plants us in a place where we are called to both grow and thrive and then in turn give back life as well. So if you're in your Bibles, I told you to go to Genesis chapter 2, didn't I? Okay, great. That's right. Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to look in the very beginning. You know, I say this often, but if you ever want to know how something is supposed to work, you go to the beginning and look there. So Genesis chapter 2, verse number 8 says this. Then the Lord God planted a garden. The Lord God planted a garden. God's a gardener. In Eden, in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. So God planted a garden, and he placed the man there in the garden. Okay, that word placed uh, in the Hebrew, remember the Old Testament is written in the Hebrew, New Testament's written in Greek, and in the Hebrew, this idea behind the word placed is the idea of God showing and expressing his sovereignty over all. And the picture is kind of like Um, you know, when you're a kid and you played with your toys or you set up Legos or you made a world of some kind and you decided I'm putting this here and this building's going here and this person's going to live here in my little world and this tree is planted here. Does anybody remember playing with like Legos or Lincoln Logs or Tinker Toys, sticks? (laughs) Making sure I hit all the ages. (laughs) And so the idea is, is that God said, I'm going to put this in its set proper place, is what that word means. It means there is a set proper place. And so when God planted the garden and put the man there to tend and to keep it, he put the man in its set proper place. Now let's go look at verse 15 in the same chapter here. Verse 15 and 16. 
And it says this, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. Verse 16 says, but the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden. Okay, So a lot of times when we read this account, we get stuck on talking about Adam eating the apple that Eve gave him, and he talked about that you can eat from this tree, but you can eat from everything, just don't eat from this tree, right? We kind of focus on that. But we need to remember that God placed Adam in the garden to tend and to keep it, right? He's there to watch over it, and then, the, and then God says to him, you can eat from everything, just this one tree. Now, here's the thought, right? God is a gardener. God puts things where he wants them to go, where he, where he says, this is the proper place. This is where Ella is supposed to be. This is where I want Beth. I'm going to set her here. And then it says that he puts them there to tend it, to keep it, and then says, you can eat from everything. Did you ever stop to think about that how Adam would not really have been able, after a certain amount of time, that Adam wouldn't have been able to eat from the garden, from the trees, if he was not tending and keeping it? Right? Because when you have a garden, you've got to go out there. You've got to work the soil. You've got to work. You've got to pull the weeds out. You've got to make things are growing the way they're supposed to be. Sometimes you've got to, like, strap them up with things and sticks so the leaves grow properly so they can have the fruit that grows on them. You know what I'm talking? You've got to tend and you've got to work it. You've got to pay attention so they can grow the fruit that it's supposed to so that when it grows the fruit, you can eat. But it wouldn't be growing the fruit for you to eat without you tending and working. So there is a process, a circle of life, where you are called to tend and to work and so that you can then receive it. We could say it this way. God's design isn't for us just to consume from his life, from his plans and from his purposes for us, but also to help reproduce it. So when God places you somewhere, when God plants you somewhere, it's not so you can just take it all in and receive it and get fat and grow and be like this big, huge spiritual person, but so that you can also, in turn, learn to help reproduce that life like God said to Adam. You're here to tend and to keep the garden. Make sure it keeps moving and keeps growing and keeps working the way that it's supposed to work. Are you following me? Reese put his hand up. He's following along. And he's at the back of the room, so that means that everybody else can hear. So that's great. God's design isn't for you just to consume. But it's also to help reproduce. So when you're planted somewhere, When God says, I'm planting you here, and we see here at the very beginning of of God's word, we're going to go look to 1 Corinthians in a minute, right? But in the very beginning of the Bible, we see that God places and plants things, people, in a certain chosen spot. The proper spot, it says, is what the idea is. So that you can... Help things grow. Use your gifts. Help the body grow and let there be fruit from you tending and watching and keeping it. So that then others can eat from the fruit that you have helped create. You picking up what I'm putting down? Great. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is talking to the Corinthians here and he's talking about spiritual gifts and he's talking about the church. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12... We're working our way over there. 
Love the sound of Bible pages turning. It's a great sound. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 14. First Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 14. It says, yep, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Then he says, but, everybody say but. Our bodies have many parts. Say many parts. Say many parts. The body of Christ has many parts. We are all part of the body of Christ. It says our bodies have many parts. And here's what I want to get to. And God has put each part just where he wants it. God has put each part of the body of Christ just where he wants it. So, David, listen, this is what Paul was saying, is that you're a part of the body. And in fact, verse 27 says this, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. All right? So if each one of us is a part of the body of Christ, and in verse 18 it says that God has put each part of the body just where he wants it, the idea is this. There is a church body that we are all individually called to be a part of, and if you're called to be there, it's because you have something that you are called to offer and to give away. That was a half-hearted clap. I'm not asking for a stronger clap. I'm saying, I think some of you are like, this guy, what is he talking about? What, is, what, does, he, what does he want? What, what I'm always after as a pastor and as a preacher of the Word of God is my heart's desire is that we always look into the Word and do what the Word says. So that as we look into the word of God, we are formed and shaped and molded more into the image of Christ. And so here Paul is talking. He says, we're all part of the body of Christ, guys. Right? We're all part of the body of Christ. Each one of us is a different part. None of us are the same because we can't all be the same because that would be one weird-looking body. So we're all different parts. We all have different jobs. We all have different things to do. We can't all do the same thing because it just doesn't work. But we've all got a role to play. And God, in his infinite wisdom and in his grand design and his scheming of things, says, I need to put this body needs this piece and 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 this piece. So what I've got to do is I've got to come along and I've got to put this piece here and I've got to put this piece here and I've got to come over here and I've got to grab this piece and I've got to put this piece over here and I've got to make them all work together so that the body can function the way that it's created and designed by the Lord to function. Which means a lot of believers do this. We get it half right. Sometimes we get ourselves to the place that God has called us to be, but then we don't operate in the giftings and graces that God, God has called us to operate in. 
We come and we sit and we receive and we get full and we get spiritually fat, but we're not tending and watching the garden like God commanded us to. And if you don't tend and watch the garden and help it produce the fruit that it's needed to, eventually the food will run out. So when we get placed by God, it's because there is a gift inside of you that you are called to walk in and operate in and use. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I'm not making this up. I mean, we just read this in the Word of God. There is a body of Christ that each and every one of us is called to. When I have conversations with people and they talk about, we might come to your church, you know, we want to check your church out, the first thing I always say to them is, hey, that's great. Come check our church out. But here's what I believe at the core of my being is that you need to ask the Lord. When you come check our church out, ask the Lord when you're here, is this the place that you have placed us? Because if he has placed you here, then there's something inside of you that we need as a body to work and function the way that we're designed to work and function. And listen, if he hasn't placed you, that means there's a body somewhere that is lacking one of its pieces. And we all know how well that doesn't work. Right? When you're missing a part of your body, you sure wish you had that part, don't you? <laughs> like if you were missing your big toe, it's hard to walk, right? Apparently. I mean, I have both my big toes, but I've heard it's hard to walk if you don't have your big toes. So when people say, hey, I'm going to come check out your church, great. I hope you do. I hope you feel loved. I hope you feel Jesus. But when you come check out our church and you're thinking about coming here, what I really want you to be doing is talking to Jesus and say, hey, is this where you have placed me? And if he says yes, the next question is great. What is the gifting that you've placed inside of me so that I can help this body grow and function the way that you've designed it to be? Because that's the way it's supposed to work. Let's keep going. I got one more scripture here. And um, I want to read this to you. It's Psalm 92, verses 12 and 14. And we're going to look at this out of the uh, NIV, the New International Version. And it says this. And, and um, you've heard Pastor Jenny preach this multiple times. And she always does such a great job. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted, everybody say planted, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still, I love this part, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will still fresh and green. Listen, <laughs> listen, let's read that again. They will flourish in the courts of our God, and they will still bear fruit in old age. They will, st they will stay fresh and green. I went to Superstore the other night to grab some vegetables. I can never remember. I'm sorry. I can never remember what is a fruit and what is a vegetable, so I'm going to call all these vegetables. Jordan, don't judge me. I feel like you... Chef Jordan knows all the fruits and vegetables. It was an onion. I don't know what that is. It's an onion. I was getting it. And I went to grab an onion, and uh, it was gross. It was gross. All the onions were gross. 
And I'm like grabbing each one and squeezing it. I'm like, this is, who would buy this thing? Who would want to use this? Who would pay for this onion and take it home? It was soggy, and they were all gross. And then I, and then I thought to myself, this is gross that I'm touching each onion. To, how many other people have been manhandling these onions, licking them and smelling them and doing, you know, everybody has their own way to test a vegetable. I don't know. You lick onions, don't you? Is that what you're supposed to do? You lick them? Whoops! <laughs> Security, there's a man licking onions in aisle four. Could you please? I just want to know if it's ripe or not. Anyways, my points, I'm going somewhere. My points is these onions were gross, and they probably weren't that old. But when you are planted in the house of the Lord, when you are planted in the house of the Lord, you bear fruit and stay fresh and green a long time. It doesn't matter how long or how old you are. When you are planted in the house of God, you stay fresh and green. Now, can I talk to you practically for just a few moments? Jacob, can you come help me? Um, I wanted to show you something. I wanted to illustrate something for you. Behind the stage, there is a plant, and I feel like we just need to, like, our stage is very dark and black, and I feel like we need to spruce it up a little bit. So, Jacob, bring this plant out here. And I have some, some thoughts about plants that I've been thinking as we've been looking at these different scriptures. Some thoughts the Lord revealed to me. So, um, yeah, just let's decorate the stage. So the first thing I want you to do, come up here off the, the, the holy carpet. And um, just, uh, just take the, the plant out of the pot, because we're going we're gonna to plant it. So take it out. Yeah, just grab it. There you go. And then take it, yeah, take it out of that thing. We don't need that. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to make a mess, but it's okay. Life is messy, right? We're imitating life right here. Okay, great. Yeah, I love how you're shaking it. Okay. Um, that's great. Uh, now, now, look, we got, like, can you stand up? Sir? I don't know why you're crouching. That's weird. Just stand up. <laughs> I'm hiding behind it. <laughs> so, I mean, here, we got a plant here. So this stage needs some life. So I think we should just plant this. Let's just plant it somewhere. So why don't you go stick it over there in that corner. Let's see what that looks like. And you're just going to go over there. It's just, yeah. Nope. No. Up top. Put it up top. Okay. The things you can do with long arms. Uh, no. Back, this corner over here, this corner. Uh, up top, that corner. Uh, I don't like that. Nope. Keep going back a little more. Uh, you can't, well, you can't see that. That's no good. Um, come over here and, I don't know, put it on top of that speaker, that sub. Put it, see what that. <clears throat> it's a real trophy piece now. It's like we're. It's like we're showing off the plant, and I don't love it. Put it in front of the speaker. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one for now. Let's leave, let's leave it. No. Actually, no. Put it on top of this um, stool. That's the word. Watch out for Steve's gear. Yeah. Okay. And then maybe move the stool forward a little bit, into the light a little bit, just so, so we can, because we want to see it. Okay, great. Yes, yes. 
and then rotate it. You broke a, you broke a, all the way around, all the way around. There. That guy's beautiful. It's great. Let's leave it. Huh? I just leave it there. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Isn't that great? Isn't that nice? It's beautiful. Do you love it where it's at? I'm a man. That's how I decorate. <laughs> here's, here's what I wanted to show you. This plant is never going to grow here, is it? Ever. I mean, if we just said, there we go, let's leave it, let's water it, oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Just dump some water on that thing and just watch the water fall right through it. But I wanted to show you this because a lot of times this is how believers live their spiritual life. Going from place to place to place to place. Never getting potted. Never getting rooted. Never getting grounded. And we're moving around trying to find the right place. But we're never set. We're never still. We're never put in the ground like we need to be. And so therefore we can never grow roots the way that we need to have our roots grown. So that we never receive the life that we need to receive. So that we can then in turn never give and help reproduce that life. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. They will thrive. They will grow. So here's some practical thoughts that I had real quick as we finish up. I got five practical thoughts for you about plants and plantings and that kind of stuff. Horticultury type thoughts with spiritual application and meaning. From the scriptures that we just looked at, talking about how God places us in the right place so that we can grow and thrive, so that you can use the gifts that God has placed inside of you to help, in turn, others grow and thrive, so that we become a growing and thriving community, body of believers that take what we have been given and give away, right? So, number one, here's the first thought I had about plants. Ready for this one? This is a game changer. Plants are planted, Here's a thought I've never had about a plant in my life. In my life, in all 45 years of my life, I have never had this thought. As I'm going outside to go do something in the yard, I've never thought to myself, huh, I wonder if that tree's still going to be there today. I wonder if my grass stayed or if it packed up and moved and went to someone else's house. No, because plants are planted. They're planted, they're set in place, and as they begin to grow, what happens? Their root system goes down into the ground, anchoring them there so they are set, set in place so that they can receive life and give life. Plants are planted. That's a game changer. Here's the next thing. It's only when plants are planted that they begin to grow. Until that point, they are slowly dying. It's only when plants are planted, set in the ground, that they can begin to grow and thrive. 
up to that point, you're just slowly dying. You could stay in this thing for only so long before it gives up the ghost. Because this thing, this pot, isn't made for this guy to stay in here forever. It's got to have the right soil. It's got to have the right space. It's got to have the right watering and food so that it can thrive the way that it's called to thrive and the way that it's designed to. So it's got to get planted so that it can receive life the way that it needs to. Are you with me? This is a lot of fun, isn't it? We got three more. Plants both receive from the earth and give back life to the earth when they are planted. Who's thankful for trees? Every hand should go up. Why are we thankful for trees? Because they take the poison in the air and convert it to oxygen for us. So trees receive life from the earth. So they, they draw water, they draw nutrients, they take the energy from the sun and convert it to whatever plant food they need and they grow and in doing so, they take the poison in the air and they convert it so that you and I can breathe and live. So they both receive and give away just like we looked at the beginning, how we are called to tend and keep it and then freely eat of it. You're called to be set in a place so that you can receive from the spirit of God, so that you can receive from other believers believers so you can receive from the word and then turn around and give it away so other people can grow and thrive <laughs> here's another one plants need constant care watering and sunlight for food constant care constant look at your neighbor and say constant means all the time Here's why I'm saying this. We know naturally when summertime comes, I always try to get away with not watering our lawn because if I, I don't water our lawn, dudes, what does that mean? No mowing the lawn. No mowing the lawn. But we know that when constant care is provided, things will grow and things will thrive. But there has been a shift in a movement in people who call themselves followers of Jesus, where we begin to go to church once a month, twice a month, maybe. Sometimes it's once every five weeks, once every six weeks. I want to tell you something. That's not constant care. The Lord wants you in his presence daily, reading your Bibles and praying and fellowshipping with other believers. The Word of God says, don't forsake the assembly of the saints. What does that mean in layman's terms? Get your butt to church. Get yourself to church so that you can be with other believers who will challenge you and who will question you when you begin to spout off weird stuff. Well, I just, I just stay at home by myself and read my Bible. I have church, me, myself, and the Lord, and he's been giving me great revelation. Has he? Has he? Or is that the pizza you ate last night bringing you fresh revelation? Get to church consistently. Listen, here's a challenge I want to throw out. Why don't you, I mean, I'm looking around, and this isn't for us. This is for your friends, okay? So tell your friends. Why don't you come to church every week for a month? Two months, three months. Why don't you make a commitment to read your Bible and pray every day for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, two months, three months, 
and see what happens in your life when you give constant spiritual care to yourself. Do, do you want to be, like, here's, here's the thing, guys. Do you want to be this plant where you just have this tiny root system? It's going to give up the ghost sooner or later, not taking care of itself. Look, it's already, like, losing its dirt. But this is what happens. You shake it around. Life's going to shake you up. Life's going to mess you up. It's going to do this. Yeah, I'll probably vacuum it up. Don't worry about it. Or make it a mess. Somebody's going to take care of it. It's probably the pastor. This will come. And life storms will shake you around. And if you're not planted in the ground, see you later. Rest in peace, my friend. Here's, here's the last one. Constant care. Constant care. Constant care. Go to church. Go to church. Go to church. I'm not saying this has to be your church, but I'm saying if you're not hearing anything else I'm saying, here's what I'm saying. There is a body that you are called to be a part of. You need to make sure that you get yourself to that church, to that body, and when you get there, that you are giving of yourself so that people are receiving life from you as well. The Spirit of God is speaking through you to them. You're serving by the Spirit and the grace of the Lord that you are receiving all God has for you, and you are turning around, giving it away. It doesn't got to be here, but it's got to be somewhere. Here's the last thing I want to say. Plants come from seeds. And seeds come from the fruit of generation of growth that came before it. Plants are generational. They never just appear on their own. Except in Genesis 1, when God planted the garden, that's the first time that plants miraculously appeared on their own. Plants are generational. You need to get yourself planted somewhere where you are doing life with other people, where you can receive fruit from the generations that have gone before you, that have wisdom, that have insight, that have understanding, that you are eating of their fruit so that you can grow and become the little tree that you are supposed to be, the little tomato plant, the little jalapeno, whatever that you are called to be so that you grow and then in turn can give that fruit away to someone below you. Plants are generational. You've got to work together. We need Jeff. We need Jen. Jean. Don't tell Jen I called her old. Because that, that was Jean. We're talking about Jean here. Jeff and Jean. Plants are generational. You need all the generations working together, growing together, sowing together, passing their fruit on so that you can become the people that God has called you to be so that we can be rooted and grounded and found in Jesus Christ so that when the storms of life come and try and blow us, blow us over, we have a strong foundation that it's not just sitting here like this and everything falling away, that we're planted deep in the ground so that we can stay rooted and when storms come, it's just this part shaking around, but this part where the life is found in the root system. This is the life. This is the fruit. Life is down here. Fruit is up here. So when this part, the bottom part, this part is planted in the ground, strong and secure, 
life can continue no matter what's happening up here. Stand up with me. It is God's design and God's purpose and his plan for all of us to be planted, to tend and to watch the garden, and then to eat of the fruit of it as well. There is a church family that we are all individually called to, that God has called us, that God has planted us, and God has placed us in. It is so important that we find out where that is so that we can begin to grow and thrive and grow fruit the way that he designs and desires us to be. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. God, I thank you for our time together in this place today. God, I, I just pray and I ask that by your spirit that uh, these words that, that you spoke through me today, Father, I just ask that they find a home in our hearts, that they weren't just the, the, the words of a, of a man, just random babblings, but God, I thank you that they are coherent, that they make sense, and that your truth and your life is finding a home in our hearts, causing us to be uh, more like you, molded and shaped into your image so that we find that place where you have called us to be planted so that we aren't buffet-style Christians, that we are planted firmly and squarely in the body where you have called us to be so that we can help that body move forward and function the way that you desire it to. And Father, I just pray right now that if there are people here that, that don't know, that don't know the place that they are called to be, they don't know the place in the body that you've called to plant them in. Father, I just thank you right now. And you know what? With everybody's eyes closed, if you're in this place and you're like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know where God's planted me. I just want you to slip up your hands so I can see who I'm praying for. I see those hands. God, I thank you by your spirit right now in the name of Jesus that you are clearly revealing, that you are clearly showing that you are pointing out the way where we are called to be, the body that you have called us and placed us into so that we can begin to grow and thrive the way that you have called us. Father, we thank you that there is a place for us, that there is a body that needs us. And God, I thank you right now that by your spirit, that you are opening our eyes, that you are opening our ears to your voice, and you are showing and guiding and leading us. And Father, I thank you right now that as we find that place, as you reveal it to us, Father, I thank you that you are showing us the gifts and the callings that you have placed on the inside of us so that we can begin to thrive the way that you have desired us to, so that we can give life that we have received from you away to other people. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for your truth and for your life. And we thank you for doing all these things in your son's name. We all said, amen, amen, amen. There is a place, there is a body, there is a home. God doesn't make mistakes. There's a garden you're supposed to be part of. 
There is a body that you are called to be part of. There is a church that is looking for you to fill in that missing spot, to use your gift so the body can thrive and grow the way that the Lord desires. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.